Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back. It's the Alternative Perspectives Podcast with Naldo. And remember, if you're searching for it online, check out the app 868. You can look for it on YouTube or any one of your podcasting platforms. And today we have a very, very interesting interview with a very special person. Yeah, he is a life coach. He has been doing it for five years. Very, very interesting guy. <laughs> Trust me. You're right? His name is Brendan Bess. So, Brendan, welcome and thank you for being here with us. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to jump into the conversation. Nice, nice. So, life coach, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Such an interesting um, title, such an interesting job. Um, tell me, what is a life coach? Yeah, absolutely. So, a life coach essentially is someone who helps people to accomplish their goals. Right. In, in a real short sense, that's what it is. So you like hitch? Um, maybe. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so pretty much, you know, I usually tell people I, I help to architect breakthroughs right. in people's lives. Uh, so so typically there's some sort of a problem. There's some sort of an obstacle that people want to overcome. Mm-hmm. And, and what I do is give them a perspective and sometimes an alternative perspective <laughs> right um to something um that they may be going through um and it is in sort of shedding light on those perspectives you sort of get clarity on how to overcome things yeah um so it's it's kind of borderlining or close to something like psychology exactly mm-hmm. it, it it does have its its tails in so many different things okay. um so so what what i am not is a therapist right. um and and that's that's very important to state and i usually in my initial consultation with clients let people know that that i am not a therapist um i'm not a counselor um i help you to accomplish your goals um, you know, and, and so I, I try to keep it very, very focused on that mm-hmm. um, because there's, you know, so many things to, to jump into there. Um, but but it's all about goal acquisition. It's all about that accountability that's necessary, that's needed to to, to accomplish the goals that they, they, they like to have. All right. So what took you down? What took you down that road? Because let, let's be real. Yeah. In Trinidad and Tobago, yeah. you don't hear much about life coaches. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, our parents, our Caribbean parents, yeah. you're not a doctor. <laughs> you're not a lawyer. You understand? What are you? What are you doing? You're wasting time in life. Right? So, what took you down that Yeah. Okay. Path? Very, very interesting question. So, here's, here's, here's where it kind of started. I have always been very interested in education. Um, I've always wanted to... Um, to be a teacher, um, but not necessarily just in the traditional sense of being in a classroom. Um, I think I think what that for me was my love for learning spaces. And so as a coach, when you really think of a coach, you think of somebody who brings all the best into someone, mm-hmm. uh, helps, you know, gives them exercises, drills to sort of improve their, 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 their skill set, yeah? Um, so for me, I, I pursued um, a degree in education and I loved it. Um, I went I went to Toronto to study, and um, it was after I I, I studied, I I kind of got into a bit of a depression, because all along through my university career, jobs were being offered to me, um, because I had a very lucrative degree with French, mm-hmm. um, and and English and education, and so obviously being in Canada. <laughs> that's the two official languages so my parents were like no 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 finish you know like the job will always come um back to you but they never 
came back. Honestly, serious. <laughs> After graduation. Wow. Yeah, because at that time there was there was a real. Uh, it was very difficult um, because you had a lot of of retirees or or people within the teaching service who were not retiring. Mm-hmm. So I had just happened to you know fall into that realm, and it was just exceedingly difficult to get a job after. So um, the type of person that I was, I was like, okay, well, I need to do something. Um, and so I actually found a life coach and I was like, Hey, I feel like I'm stuck. You know, um, I feel like I have this mindset that I, I came all the way from Trinidad. I spent all this money on, on my education, got the degree and then boom, no jobs. This is madness. And so when I went through that life coaching process with, with, with that coach, I realized that, I had certain, you know, amazing things inside of me that I could use and utilize to help other people. And so um, that was kind of like my initial tip into life coaching. And then, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer in doing the work that's necessary. And and when you do the work, you know, destiny conspires to, mm. to, to really take you to that next level. And so... Yeah, so said, so done. I ended up getting a job after the coaching, which was interesting, um, to be a community capacity builder at, mm-hmm. at an, yeah, <laughs> very interesting position, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, and so basically I was being paid to create empowerment programs for youth in a disenfranchised neighborhood. In Canada itself? In Canada, okay. that's correct. Um, and so, yeah, I did that for some time and then I made a decision to come back to Trinidad and, um, you know, I was really encouraged by a supervisor. She said, you know, you'll be a great consultant. And I'm like, hmm, maybe I might be a great consultant mm. after all. Because she saw something in me that I think I knew was there, but 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 hadn't been really tapped into. Um, and so when I made that big decision to move back to Trinidad, I naturally opened a consulting firm where I, I practiced the life coaching because um, I realized I had been sort of doing it, not only not only in, uh, you know, taking that life coaching, but also jobs that I would have had in university were pretty much what a life coach does. Right. And I'm like, but hold on, I have so much experience in this. And, and, and you know, when I was a life coach, I realized that a lot of my skill sets surrounded, you know, helping people and helping to develop their, their potential. Heck, I have a whole degree in, 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 in education as well, too. Um, so I'm like, well... This is just making sense now. But but tell me something. Mm-hmm. Tell me about the decision to move back to Trinidad. And I'll tell you why I asked that. Yeah. After. Yeah. Um, boy, that's always a difficult thing to chat about. I'll tell you why. Um, so so I am a Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, I have I value my relationship with God a whole lot. And you know, I, I I tell people I have this gift where I hear God's voice very clearly. And so I remember there was a time where he said, hey, I want you back in Trinidad. Okay. And there was a part of me that really rebelled against it because, you know, the, 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 the idea is why would you leave a, a country like Canada and return to Trinidad? It just, it, you know, to everybody that knew you left, it didn't make sense, mm-hmm. you know? And, and if I'm to be really honest, you know, they always say 2020 uh, hindsight is perfect vision. Mm-hmm. You know, I realized that, that my destiny in Canada had ended. The time was up. The time was up for me to, to, to be there. And I'll be, I'll be honest with you as well, too. Um, 
I I really enjoyed my time in Canada because I, I was able to be exposed to so many different cultures. Um, heck, my whole degrees were from there. So I, I went to school, you know, throughout the system. And I remember there was a moment that was so defining for me um, while doing a, uh, a mentorship program in Barbados um, from my university. I remember being, we had finished the program, you know, it was, it was, it was three days of the top 50 students in the Caribbean who had applied for the program. It was, it was a big deal. And, and I had been chosen to be a mentor for them. And I remember being in the pool, Naldo, and I said to myself, I had a thought and the thought was, you know, why shine a torchlight in the sunshine? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, yeah. Which meant that why why could I not use all of the amazing skills and experience that I gained from Canada and use it where it was needed? Right. In okay. the Caribbean. Which, because that is that is what I was gonna ask you. I mean Yeah. I mean, I think a, a job like being a life coach, they would have so much opportunities there for it. And I guess uh, an easier path. Yeah, yeah. And, career-wise. And, and you're right. You're, you're absolutely right. Because I have I have coach friends who are in, in and they're I mean they're earning six seven figures a year, mm-hmm. you know. And and I'm not there yet. Um, but but you know, there's there's definitely a greater market. However, I think one of my biggest decisions is that I've always been somebody that was very proud of my heritage. Um, but there's also a part of me that also wanted to help, um, with, with, with some of the issues that I think we're, we're unfortunately notorious for, which was that whole mindset. Um, you know, I think part of my education in studying education was, was learning of a whole different education system. And I think one of the things that the Canadian system really values is, uh, you know, emotional health. Right. And, and and having a, a high emotional quotient, you know, and, and emotional intelligence. And I felt that, you know, I have all this experience, I have this, all this knowledge, I have all this this great skill set that I learned here. Why not bring that back to the Caribbean? And and so all of this was what was going through my head in returning to Trinidad and saying, I, I can help out, you know, I can I can add, I can I can I can lay my mark. You know, on, on on my home. Which, but all right. Um, how open are people, let's say in Trinidad and Tobago, with uh, ac- adopting those some of those things that they, like the emotional health and yeah. No, that's a great question as well too, Naldo. I'll tell you what. Um, so I would have obviously spent my from nineteen. I, I spent eight years in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, so from I left when I was nineteen. So pretty much my early adult years were in Canada. So that was that was and I, I and I seldom returned to Trinidad like maybe three or four times is so much you know during that time period right because I you know after university I decided to stay work I got married there mm-hmm. you know the whole shebang and um, what I realized when I came back. It, it was like I was relearning Trinidad mm-hmm. and I realized, wow, there's so many things that has changed. You know, my mom sat me down and she said, you know, Brendan, Trinidad has changed from when last you were here. And one of the changes that I realized was that people were more in tune with that sort of emotional side. So, so for instance, when I was growing up, you know, there was a narrative that, you know, boys don't show emotions. You know, there was this, there was this, this mindset that, you know, if you if you express your emotions, even as a guy, but or, or just anybody in particular, you're you're a wuss. You know that kind of way. Um, but I realized that that perhaps that was changing, 
and and perhaps maybe uh, you know destiny was conspiring again to come back at the right time where people would be more open and i do feel that people are more open you know i do one of the things that i do as a, of a as a life coach is that i i go and do workshops at at schools and and you know from the feedback that i get you know students are open mm-hmm. you know i remember one time a student said you know when i asked them hey what problems do you want to solve nobody asks what do you want to be when you grow up again that's so like mm-hmm. 1950s you know it's like what problems are you wanting to solve and i remember one person said you know mental health in the caribbean is 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 an issue that a lot of people aren't addressing and i was blown away because i'm thinking that this is a this is a 17 year old you know young lady who who's thinking about something that maybe when we were growing up right you 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 hardly heard of i I mean yes we understand because as soon as you show any any signs of having problems you said to say mad yeah you know or hey hey, drink something and get over that you know that was the mentality but can i ask what school that was though yeah i just trying to figure out the the demographic yeah yeah no that was bishop's trinity right um that there was a sixth form or because um if, if you understand what I'm getting to, I think yeah, go go there. I think the the demographics. Let's <laughs> go, be real. Go there. Go there. So mm-hmm. children who go to those schools mm-hmm. would obviously have a, a different exposure, different yeah. um, access to, to different levels of education, yeah. um, and whatnot. Yeah. So I think the problem, as much as you think it might be changing, yeah. And we are thankful for any onks of change there is. Yes, but. I think the, the majority is still problematic. Yeah. And and you know what, Naldo, as well, too? I have I have been to other schools as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I remember um, just going to El Dorado Secondary, mm-hmm. right? Which is a completely other different demographic. In fact, I was asked to come in to that school twice. One, because they have a behavioral stream. Mm-hmm. So I was asked to come into the, the bunch of bad boys and to chat with them. You know, the guidance counselor there, she does an amazing job at really trying to give them and I think what 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 it is we're talking about is social capital. Mm-hmm. Social capital is is that ability to give students, you know, the benefit of of understanding certain things in society, how it works. You know, you go to quote unquote uh, prestige schools. Listen, they inundate their 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 boys and girls with social capital. They have they have um, you know past students to to sort of come back and and give back and and there's a constant stream of of that social capital happening. And so for me, it goes back to that whole shining your light um, in in the darkness because mm. that's that's where the light is the brightest needed. and where it's needed and where it's needed. You know. And so uh, you know, I can even remember a time of the same Eldorado um, school. Um, where I was able to have a conversation with, you know, a hundred young men from Form Four, you know, mm. whose dean was was really frustrated with 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 the behavioral stuff, and um, man, it was an awesome workshop. You know, I, I invited some of the guys uh, to come in and, and 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 we did we did what you call a gallery walk. So um, there were four different sec- um, sections in the hall, and so they, we had ten minutes each, and so they they traveled from wanted with mm. a different topic that they addressed and it was so well received you know um, and so it, it it sort of adds to your point that you know there there is a need there, there's something that's happening there's a change that's happening we're in the 21st century and so uh, there are new problems that are coming up there are new you know uh, things and challenges to, to to sort of face and and, and conquer so yeah there's definitely been more of a a, a, a walk in that direction because right? i mean as we're talking about mental health mm. 
and life coaching, right? Mm-hmm. I think now more than ever, mm-hmm. you have more people mm-hmm. suffering with mental health problems mm-hmm. because of things like social media. Yeah. And you have more people now telling you you can't do something or you can't be yeah. what you want to be yeah. because of things like social media. Yeah, so yeah, um, yeah. has uh, or have you, mm-hmm. have you seen like or heard of anybody who built a wall or had problems as a result of other of social media influence yeah i think one of the, the major things and, and 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 let me let me point out let me let me press pause to to share this as well too i think i think the work that i do really is very much forward focused right. um and so um what i do is I, I i really help to empower clients to have the habits behaviors or mindsets to accomplish things right. as opposed to the limiting beliefs that they might have gotten from stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, as much as we touch on it, I, I don't go into say like what a therapist does and apply specific therapies, etc. Mm. But, but one thing that I have seen from my practice is that a lot of times, sometimes social media can be a distraction mm-hmm. from people even accomplishing their goals. And one of the distractions that I've seen is that people do a lot of comparisons. Right. Right. Um, let's just face it as a millennial, we we value success and i think a lot of the other generations do as well but for for us it's it's so embedded because we see so much success and i, I think what you're saying <laughs> and i think uh, what we qualify as success is might be different to what the people who came before correct. us qualify as success correct correct so maybe for our parents success equal being married having a house a car and and you know food in the fridge food in the fridge mm-hmm. yeah 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 whereas for us success might look like um being confident you know to be able to post something um it could look like traveling you know um it it, it, it you know we 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 have different markers of success i guess um but as it relates to to, to mental health or what i like to call brain fitness um because i feel like it's just such a a cooler way to put you know you, you automatically say mental health people think madness mm-hmm. people think saint Anne's, yeah, right yeah. uh so so brain fitness is sort of like that renaming uh mm-hmm. to show that hey you're 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 your well-being of your of your mind or your mentality could be considered, you know, that much of a term. But I've seen a lot of people do a lot of comparisons that really, really short circuit um, their ability to to perform. And by perform, I mean do the work that's necessary to accomplish the goals that they want. You know, so so I've personally adopted a mindset where I've now started to limit my use of social media, um, especially Instagram, the explore page, right? Because it is just mindless yes. crawling of of everybody or everything that's that's you know the highlight or the the you know the highlight reel. And so now I've limited myself to just maybe the first nine or twelve images that I see, or try to even avoid being on the explore page because I'm wasting time, mm-hmm. right? Whereas I'm 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 focusing more on and this the next point being a consumer of social media rather than a producer of it right There's, so so the, what you're saying is you know you're focusing on being what more of a producer, producer than that's a consumer correct. right that's correct because um i think that is one of the places we get lost pretty yes easily and yeah. you can easily because you might even start 50 50 50 percent consuming 50 percent producing yeah. Yeah. and then you realize we it's at a doing love the your production rate goes down yeah you're producing much less content and yeah. you start to consume way more so you end up 20 producing and 80 yeah. percent you know so it's yeah. so a very yeah. important point absolutely absolutely um i i think 
for a point in time, I, I definitely suffered with that because mm-hmm. wanting to create mm-hmm. and you say, let me watch our next video about this. Mm-hmm. Let me watch our next video and let me watch our next video. And then you start to watch videos and watch videos and you're not creating at all. Yeah. But all you're doing you know, is watching videos. So it's yeah, a trap. Yeah, it is. It's it, a trap. And if you watch uh, the documentary Social Dilemma, you understand, mm-hmm. it is built to yeah. trap you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really a system, huh? And it's set up just for that. Um, now, don't get me wrong. I spent I spent a couple of years in, in social media marketing, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> which is hilarious in itself. Um, I guess it found me because I, again, I had, you know, been doing it for a while in, in Canada. Um, I would manage social media accounts for different organizations I was a part of because I guess I was creative. Mm-hmm. I had an eye for, for certain things and people value that. Um, and so I realized that it's, it's a whole system set up to either attract or distract. Yeah. So, so businesses obviously use it to attract, um, the non-business side of it is to, to perhaps, you know, detract you from your goals. And so, you know, that's where intentionality really comes in. You know, what are you using it for? Are you using it for, for, to the benefit that it, it ought to be for? Cause you reality, the reality is that you could, you could, you could use YouTube to learn. Mm-hmm. You could also use YouTube to consume mindless content as well too. Yes, of course. Does that make sense? <laughs> yes. Okay, yeah, so it's, it's all about the intentions of, of how you use it. And obviously having boundaries, uh, you know, these are, these are hot topics in, in coaching, right? The boundaries are uh, for things, the intentionality be, be behind it, the discipline to know that, Hey, is this a habit that's helping you move forward or is it, is it holding you back? Yeah. Right, I, and I, you said earlier on that you try to focus on moving forward mm-hmm. rather than the things that in the past or the things that hold them back, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, I just think I need to ask. Mm-hmm. Um, when you meet people mm-hmm. and you're coaching them, mm-hmm. how many people or how how often is it that people have their family issues? Are the the things or one of the things, sorry, that they need to get over the hurdle? They need to cross. How often is that? Yeah, come across like that? very often. So, so in fact, one thing, you know, I, if I could kind of present an image, I, I often like to think of my work as a slingshot. Mm-hmm. Sometimes a slingshot has, not sometimes, but a slingshot has to be pulled back in right. order to be shot forward. Um, and so we do with my clients spend some time pulling back just a bit. Uh, and, and the reason for the pullback is to identify where particular mindsets might have originated. Does that make sense? Yes. So I have I have clients who, you know, they wanna they wanna be successful, they wanna improve in their careers, they wanna do, you know, different things. But sometimes taking a very keen look at the mindsets that they were socialized into. Like for instance, you know, this is a classic one that I see very often. There are a lot of my clients that have poverty mindsets. And poverty mindsets in the sense where they, they don't think in abundance. They think, well, you know, the whole world is out to get you. I'll give you an example on a very national level. You know, if I say these words, Naldo, Syrians, mm-hmm. and I say business, you know, in your mind already, you've got images conjured up. Not mm-hmm. so? Well, well, other people, me, I... I, I honestly, the average person. I, yeah, the average person, the average yes. Person. But for me, I, I think that Syrians are very poor business people. I think they are weak at business. Uh-huh. I think they just came at the right time uh-huh. and they started the bus- their businesses at the right time. Right. And as as a result, they gain the success they have. Right. Um, this is my opinion, of course. Right, um, of course. Mm-hmm. And But what you're seeing now is where other races are starting to catch up. And when as they are catching up, you're seeing they are starting to struggle a bit. So I, I, so even, even the use of the word catch up, 
is, 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 is an example of that mentality, right? Mm-hmm. The mentality is that somehow there's a race and we need to fight to catch up. Right. Uh, and by we, whoever we are, you mm-hmm. know? And so for me, you know, the typical stances, you know, people think of Syrian equal, you know, um, uh, business people, mm-hmm. you know, um, 1%, you right. know, they, they own everything. And, and usually it elicits a lot of, let's just be honest, you know, how did you get that money? And so, so, so for instance, having an abundance mindset doesn't, doesn't look at it as wealth shaming. It looks as well, well, I want to know how you got there. Mm-hmm. I want to, I, I want to know the, the things that you enacted. I want to know what your work ethic is like. Right. Cause, cause let's just be honest as well too. You know, you know, while growing up, I remember a Syrian couple would be selling clothes mm-hmm. and, and, and they would, you know, what, what is the term they call it? Um, when you when you take stuff out and you pay higher purchase, I guess right. there was a word that there's an expression I can't remember right now that they use, um, you know, and and the fact is, like, it was, um, is balance balance pass started balance pass mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and the reality is that you know you got that jersey at a great initial price, mm-hmm. but obviously every time they pass, they have your name in a book, and and you're probably going to be paying three times the amount mm-hmm. for the jersey. At the end of the day, that's business. You know, and at the end of the day, they were, you know, cunning and, and smart enough to strategize for it. And so my point of what I'm all saying here is that is that sometimes the mindset that you have would really give you an insight into where you're heading and how quickly you can head there or how effectively you can get there. So for me, a lot of my clients, what I do is I try to identify what are possibly those limiting beliefs that they have. Does that make sense? Right. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, do you think, but don't you think that uh, some of that could come from just the country we live in? Meaning, because the country is so young, there is very little history for people to learn from, to know how to go forward. For instance, delayed gratification, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, if, mm-hmm. if you don't have perspective going backward to understand how important it is to delay gratification, mm-hmm. then you tend to live quickly you know i don't know if i'm making sense i do i do i i i understand where you're coming from um i think i think we have an issue of leadership in this Mm. country a huge one um and i think you know as a coach i i i I really enjoy working with emerging leaders leaders who don't have it all together but who who would like to have some somewhat of a plan moving forward to chart a way forward and um I, I think I think we have, have had great leaders, um, but I think we as a country don't really study the tenets of what makes them great leaders, mm. you know? Um, and, and so I feel like, yes, there are gaps in terms of what we can do to really help move things forward, right? And so it's really, really important for us to... Um, to fill those gaps and, and to really have the conversation by, by doing the work that's necessary. And that's why I think as a life coach, I come in because I bring people into a learning space. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. To be able to, to see things in a, in a different perspective or an alternative perspective, which would, at the end of the day, help them to position to, to really go, uh, you know, the place that they'd like to, to go to. But yes, going back to your question, yeah, a lot of family stuff usually comes up um, that that we we really work through um, and really help to perhaps reframe right. um, so that we can see a specific perspective to now move forward. And no, I know what I, this is maybe a more of a therapist thing though. Mm-hmm. 
but do you come across clients who would say, well, you know, I had to, I had to go back and correct certain things in my past, or I had to go back and, and make amends to certain things? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, okay, so I'll give you an example, right? So a client comes to me and they said, hey, I want to be a better husband. That's a goal that they have, right? And so, you know, this is a goal that I'm, I'm very, I'm very familiar with. Um, I've worked with many persons to help them to, to do that. Um, and we, we, it's a very holistic approach. So we, we look at your history. Hey, what's the relationship that you have with your father? You know, um, who was he a husband? Did you learn? Where did you learn to be a husband from? Um, have you had a mentor before? You know, what does it mean to be a man? Do you understand the tenets of that? You know, where are you along the process? Um, where are you feeling? What's good? What's not good? You know, um, what can you do now to improve? You know, is there a mindset that's blocking you from, from being the better husband? You know, what does that even look like? Right. Um, getting into specifics. And so sometimes, yes, going back into histories, we see where I'll, I'll give you an example, right? I can think of a, I can think of a, of a, of a, of a past client who wanted to be a better husband. Um, unfortunately he was being unfaithful to his wife, um, which again, there's no judgment, right. Mm. In, in this space. Um, and so we, we were able to confront some things. And one of the things that we had realized is that, um, you know, his dad had abandoned him at, at a young age and, and had married someone else. And, um, in fact, the very first time that he met his father after so many years of not seeing him, um, the father was actually abusive to his, 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 um, I guess his current wife or whatever. Um, and so there were so many lessons that were taught in that moment and so many that were caught as well too. And so him as a client was sort of acting out a, a sort of, 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 well, I mean, an affair is an erotic play, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, and perhaps is really trying to find something or perhaps is really acting out some of the things that he might have seen his father do um, in extramaritally. You know what I mean? Um, so sometimes taking a look back at certain things really help you to discover where certain mindsets would have originated from um, and really helping you to confront those mindsets to now perhaps relearn you know, what is necessary for you to be able to move to that place that you want to, to go to. All right. Uh, as we were talking about the country, poor leadership mm-hmm. um, or a lack of leadership mm-hmm. brings me into the, if you want to say the hot topic or mm-hmm. one of the things that's going on right now where we, you're seeing, um, they're talking about so much violence against women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Personally, for me, my thing is, I am not on that campaign yeah. with violence um, to stop violence against women. I'm on the campaign of stop violence on the whole against everybody, um, okay. which I know a lot of women yeah, will be yeah, like, yeah. because that comes like Black Lives Matter and All Lives Matter. I know they would, you know, they would right. equate the two. Well, I'm so glad we're having this conversation because I am feminist. Right. <laughs> so I have a very differing <laughs> opinion to right. what you just said. Um, which, of course, this this could get real interesting now yeah, because... Yeah. Um, so, as I was saying, well, okay, so let's jump into that because yeah, what I was going sure. to ask you, you know, in with life coaching, do you think, because they say a lot of the times people go down into that negative or go into doing bad is because they have equal 
opportunity to do good or equal energy to do good, but it's not channeling right way, so Correct. they use it negatively yeah so do you think that that is probably a big part of the problem yeah i mean let me just be straight with you i remember one time i had a client um and it was very interesting and it was a glimpse into this mindset yeah now just 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 trying to give you a bit of an idea so it could sort of frame the narrative right so this person would have endured some abuse growing up um would have seen domestic violence would have witnessed it within um their home um would have have you know engaged in behavior that perhaps may have been risky correct um and i remember one time um in a social setting seeing how they would have responded to a female that was bringing something and in that moment it sort of highlighted for me that nuance of men thinking that they are in possession of women um and and the the mindset behind it was well yeah you're a woman so you got to do this for me like mm. that's just how it is and so as sometimes as a life coach you have to help people you have you got to be the mirror for people to see themselves and say hey is that adding towards you know your cause of the goal that you you're, you're hoping to accomplish and in this case it would be to 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 gain some sort of healing over it yeah and so his his treatment in that very still moment of passive aggressivity about bringing something for them showed a, a larger it was symptomatic of something even larger than a mindset and i feel as if the reality and i mean we could go down a whole long road with this mm-hmm. one we could real rabbit hole into mm-hmm. this but i feel as if because there is a lot of of we i mean men really lack that socialization from other men to treat women right right i, I understand and i agree uh-huh. with that part of it uh-huh. um but i think this is where this and I, I this is from my observation right uh-huh. i think from stifling the 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 boy's voice uh-huh. when i say the young men uh-huh. right uh-huh. stifling that voice as a young man uh-huh. a lot of times let's be real that uh-huh. voice is, is stifled by the parents Mm-hmm. A lot of young men growing up in single homes, mm-hmm. with single mothers, or whatever the case may be. Then we have the the boys who grew up in homes with both parents, and then they see the father treating the mother mm-hmm. a particular way, or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. Mm-hmm. And I think what happens is, you know, when you're young and you're still living at home and you can't do certain things mm-hmm. because your parents say you can't do it, but then when you get the opportunity to live on your own or to do whatever you want to do, you overdo. Right. I think that is what happens. Yeah. I think. Because the voice is stifled by a particular person, but, but, right? And then when you get the opportunity to, to, to have, where you can have power. Yeah. And I'm not saying it should. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because obviously it shouldn't, right? Yeah. But when you, when you think you're probably big and strong enough or whatever right. the case may be, right? Yeah. You start to try to use that power and obviously I think it's, it's, it's abused. It's, it's, it's abused. That's correct. Right? Yeah. So, um, and so, yes, I think we need to, to deal, to fix, because yes, I say stop violence on the whole, yeah. but I think the only way we could stop it is to start dealing with the with people from younger stages. I agree. I, I completely agree. Um, now, though, I think one of the one of the important things we, we got to have a conversation about is the role of responsibility. Mm-hmm. And I feel like uh, as a coach, I, I, I enjoy 
sharing this 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 value with people that that you got to take responsibility and i think that's what separates a boy from a man right I, you know according to dr tony evans who who wrote an amazing book called kingdom man he said you know the mark of a man is his responsibility that's what separates a boy from a man you know a a, a boy is characterized by his dependence upon others um he he you know he's he's figuring things out um in a in a sort of puerile way you know he's 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 trying to learn the lessons and you know he's sort of in that in that that phase however a man is 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 one who takes responsibility for his life you know the life of those around him whether it might be his family or whatever his community he takes responsibility does that make sense for his job mm, reaching, reaching on time etc i i totally agree but i think mm-hmm. in this country mm-hmm. we we have a culture mm-hmm. that don't ensure people take responsibility which is my point which which is the point of what i'm saying and and part of the responsibility as it pertains to gender-based violence is the responsibility of protecting women is the responsibility of 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 making women feel comfortable like for instance right i i was in a taxi just yesterday which is interesting and um a young lady comes in and she says i'm going this location now we don't know that she doesn't know the area, but she was able to express to the taxi driver, I'm going here. So on his way to me now, he realizes, oh, I haven't dropped her yet. And I passed her out. And so he said, oh, shoot, let me go back to mm-hmm. drop her. And, and she's like, oh, yeah, you forget me because she doesn't know where she's going. Mm-hmm. So his immediate reaction when she left the car was able to say, boy, you see how woman is, you see how woman is get tied up in the wrong thing. She know where she's going. And I said, Immediately, I wanted to to change the narrative there, and I said, "No, you have to give yourself props for being a good man. Mm. Take responsibility that you did the right thing." Mm-hmm. And in that moment, he say, "But no, no, but you see, this how people is thing, and you mm. know, this is during Andrea Barrett's funeral, right. by the way, which is interesting. You know, I said, "No, you got to give yourself props because you took responsibility for being, you know, an upright standing person." And he said, "Yeah, yeah, I not in them kind of scene and." And and then in the end he he agreed with me and he said yeah boy maybe maybe it's good men like us mm-hmm. you know need to be out and I said yes and in that moment Naldo I, what I thought was interesting is that I bonded with another man mm-hmm. to say this is what we need more of we need more of accountability you know because that's a part of responsibility as well too who are you accountable to whether to yourself or to others or to a higher being or an authority figure or whatever and there's a responsibility to know do the right thing. And so I feel I feel that's the nitty-gritty of where the issues are. That we 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 shirk responsibility. We don't know what it means to and I mean it starts as simple as I can think of you when you're a kid, you know, mm-hmm. doing your chores, doing it right. You know, I my nephew is 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 in like standard two and his book is in a mess, and I'm like, bro, what's up with this? Mm-hmm. Like, take some pride in just the way that your book looks. Why? Because that's taking responsibility. And I feel as if that is the issue. The issue is that we, we have a lot of 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 boys out here who are 30 something, 40 something, 50, 60, 70 something year old boys, mm-hmm. not men, because they're not taking responsibility for the things that they're they're called to do but then how do we get to that point because as i said we live in a country where the culture is we dependent on the government the government has to fix this the government has to do this we're waiting on the government or we're waiting on somebody else it's never our problem yeah. it's, you know it's never 
So shift not, in responsibility. Right. But the thing is, how do we change? Because it's a, it's a culture problem. Good. I can give my number. <laughs> Shameless plug here. <laughs> I can give my yeah. number. But, 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 you know, on a more serious note, though, I feel as if there needs to be more of, of what I do. There needs to be more coaches. There needs to be more mentors. There needs to be more people who would say, hey, you know, we have specific values and we got to be able to do this. You know, one of the things that I'm, I'm, I'm feverishly working on right now is how I can implement some of the programs that I have on a, on a national level. Right. You mm-hmm. know, because there's a part of me that loves policy, that loves to see things enacted in a, in a, in a, in a way that would have greater impact. And so I feel, I feel, I feel like there is, there is a bit of, of, of it happening in different groups. I, I know there are police youth clubs, there are church groups, there are sporting groups, there are, you know, different social groups or, you know, that, that people can be a part of. I agree. But that I can, think that can help. But I, I think here, here, I think is the problem with what you're saying here, right? Mm-hmm. The problem is most of the people who are in these groups, mm-hmm won't be the people who are causing these problems. I agree with you. I agree with you. Right? I agree with you. So how do we reach yes. them? It has to start in the home. <laughs> it has to start in the home. You know, I was cuddling on the bed with my wife, which I enjoy doing. And um, <laughs> I, d- I said, you know, babes, you know, we are, the, we, we are a block in society. This unit is, is what comprises of a farm of, 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 that makes up a, a society, a community. And I thought to myself, you know, if we could impact families, then we could impact communities. Mm-hmm. We impact communities, we can impact the nation. And it might seem very idealistic, but the reality is, and that's why I enjoy what I do. The people that I work with, I always tell them it, it benefits not just themselves, but their entire families. Because, you know, when you, once your brain expands, it, 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 it can't necessarily recede. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you're, you're, you're somehow in a position where you can now pass that knowledge and experience and skill set on. And so, yeah, I, I think, I think, you know, having a bit more, you know, opportunities to impact families, I think is a, is a huge deal. And obviously that's something that's going to be hard because like you, you rightfully said, you know, I, I think the, 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 the fabric of families somehow, I mean, that's a whole other topic <laughs> in itself is, is deteriorating, but I think that, you know, the cup is half full. You know, I'm, I'm optimistic that, well, that, I, that people... I have told you, I, I don't believe that the cup is half full or half empty. What do you believe? The cup is totally full. Well. Think about it. The cup... Ah, here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The cup, is, it might be half full of water, uh-huh. but it's, the next half is full of air. Correct. So the cup is... N- well, that's, is a, that's a whole other level of optimism the, right? there, boy. The, the, cup is, the cup is never <laughs> empty. It's never half full. I understand. You understand what I'm saying? I understand. So, because at the end of the day, everything is important. Yes. And they have different purposes. Yes. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. If you're in a yes. situation full of water and no air, you, you can drown. Yes. You understand what I'm saying? I do. I so, do. I, I don't do. know. That's something I just thought yeah. of. Yeah. No, it's definitely <laughs> interesting. It's definitely interesting. And, you know, I, 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 love, I love what I do... Now, though, because, again, it's that whole idea of bringing people into a learning space. You know, when the quarantine um, happened in Trinidad and everybody was under the lockdown, I did 50 days of, uh, I guess you could call it a video cast or whatever, um, of, of, I call it the living room. And the whole idea behind it was to engage in meaningful discussion, to challenge people to, to, to do better or to, to move closer to where they want to go. And um, it was very, very interesting because I, I, I touched on so many different topics, um, entrepreneurship, 
Um, I had a, I had a, 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 my dentist was a single parent at 18 during med school, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, and she was able to share. So we touched on helping um, single parents, you know, um, we touched on entrepreneurship and, and just different really cool life hacks and life topics that I think. And I feel like there needs to be more of that. Um, but, but in a way that is, is, is that can reach people. You know, I, I can give an example as well too. Um, while I was in university, there was a university-wide training that, that every student had to take because one of the problems that existed was that there was a lot of sexual assault that was happening on campus. And, you know, mix raging hormones with people from all over the world, mix with alcohol, mix with just, it's just a recipe for a breeding ground for sexual assault. And what was interesting was that the university was able to enact a policy where everybody, once you signed up for university, had to do that mandatory course. I think it was like almost an hour and a half, two hours long, which it went through topics like, you know, consent and and creating safe spaces and, and respect and these different things. And I feel like more of that really needs to happen, especially in the in the in the Caribbean, where we can have open discussions about about things. Because even when I started my my degree as well, to at the University of the West Indies, you know, we did a, a a health and family life education course, and it was something that they wanted to implement in schools. I don't know what the process is right now. I'm unaware, but 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 these things are. Are vital. I know in, in Grenada, there's something like that in the schools where mm-hmm. there's one period every week mm-hmm. to deal with um, just basically life and lifestyle and, and, yeah. and um, things like like re- conflict resolution and, yeah. and those kind of things yeah. being well yeah. mannerly, proper yeah. etiquette. And these things, they, so that's in their school curriculum. Yeah. So I don't know if that's why Grenada murder rate is... It's probably low. And it's a different society as well, too. I've been to Grenada and I see the culture. It's very, very different. Very, very different. As much as we're, we're all Caribbean, there, there perhaps is a more of a, a family type vibe. And I, I mean, we also can't neglect the fact that it's predominantly one race. And that might have something to do with it. Mm-hmm. With, with it being like that, there's more room for unity because, and I'm not saying that races can't unite, but we have politicians who use race to, to separate and well, divide yeah. us. Hence, hence, hence my, hence my, my supposition about our um, pathetic leadership mm-hmm. in the sense of, of, you know, when you think of leaders in our country, automatically, I think as trained artists, we think politicians, you know, but, but, but we have so many other leaders who are very much unsung heroes. You don't hear much of them. And, and again, part of the work that I'm trying to do is to highlight those, those amazing leaders that have been locally bred, homegrown, mm-hmm. uh, because because that's going to really impact the morale of, of persons to say, hey, I could do this. I could be, you know, like 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 Dr. Pawan, you know, like I could be like like so many other amazing people who we've seen growing up where we learned in social studies. You know what I mean? Uh, that that can really help to change the mindset and the mentality. Of, but that, that but we have. how do the good the good or great leaders that we have now, how do they get an opportunity because they will have to deal with the bad leaders, right? Yeah. To to get the opportunity to reach the masses. Yeah, that's a that's that's a great question that I don't have the answer to. Um, but what I what I can say though is that we need to have a funnel mm-hmm. and a funnel that could, you know, bring those messages from there to the masses. If that if that makes sense. You know, I personally grew up in a household where my parents grew us up with a growth mindset. 
So I don't know. I, I'm not waiting for the government for anything. You want something, you go for it. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And my dad specifically said, you know, Trinidad is too small of a place for you. You know, Trinidad is like the arena of the world. There's so mm. many other places that you can go and visit and learn. And I feel, I feel for me that that is something that I would love to see happen more. You know, of course, with COVID, you can't do much traveling, but we have the internet. We have, we have spaces of learning that can, that can happen. You know, I, I value teachers and the ability for teachers to elongate our mindsets and, and, and the way that we think. Um, so, so maybe I don't know the answer. So, because you understand how difficult it can get. Of because, course. Because, so, okay, let's look at teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, let's look at the internet. Some of the things that you listed, right? Mm-hmm. If you're not well guided, yeah. if you go to the internet, yeah. you could be misguided. I agree. Right? I agree. Um, we have a lot of teachers who this is just a job for them. Yep. It is just a salary. Yep. Um, a job in the bucket. Exactly. Then we have teachers who who are still broken from their personal situations, yeah. from, their, from their homes, from their marriages, or whatever the case may be. So when they, when they come to interact with the children, they are, they're still not whole enough yeah. to really be, yeah. you know, that, that yeah. person they need to be for the children. Yeah. So you understand? So I do. I, I, I do. I do. I do. I think, I, think, I think a huge part of it, and again, that's why I really enjoy what I do, because I know the impact of it. Um, and, and again, I'm glad that we have this conversation because I, I can't wait to go back and write in my, my professional journal. Hey, we need to do this. Mm-hmm. This needs to happen, you know. But I long, maybe we can dream for a bit. I long for Trinidad and Tobago to, to have a support system within schools, like having coaches or a program that is done in tandem with the math and the science and the creative writing that could help them think of these things. Maybe some sort of leadership training. Maybe, you know, I, I developed a program called GT, Get Through or Gone okay, Through, okay. right? That was meant to be for post-SEA students, right? And teaching them the leadership skills that are necessary for the transition from primary to secondary school. I would love to see something like that happen nationwide because why? It would give, it would give students the right tools to, to transform conflict. To make better decisions you know decision making is a skill <laughs> you know so, what i mean can i ask you something sure. um, as you talk about students and whatnot and, mm-hmm. and making better decisions and resolving conflict mm-hmm. how do you feel mm-hmm. sorry yeah but i had to laugh because i know the question can be weird especially since you have foreign experience mm-hmm. but how do you feel about an, an arm of the government or arm of social services or mm-hmm. the ministry of social development mm-hmm. that would when a child ends up in some sort of conflict in school and after they, they deal with it in school and realize, no, no, this problem is way bigger than we can deal with. It's a problem at home. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about social development, getting involved and possibly going home, interviewing the family or even removing a child from that home? Oh, touchy, touchy, touchy subject mm-hmm. here now. Mm-hmm. Um, woo. You know, it's listen, that's a hard question. I'm mm-hmm. not even gonna lie. And one that I'm I'm almost trepidatious to respond to because there's so many perspectives from it. Um if I could say this, I have had a, a an idea for instead of there being, you know, because we, we still kind of maintain this kind of archaic system of suspensions and and mm-hmm. and you know expulsions. I would love to see some sort of a center. Um, and by a center, I mean, I mean, this might sound very idealistic, somewhere that's out in nature, 
somewhere that's perhaps a little far so that people can you know and it's sort of be like a uh, a daily thing that they go to so instead of you know suspending them and sending them home to do get into trouble they go to the center and there they can have a conversation with perhaps a therapist or a life coach or, or a counselor um they could sort of relax you know get a life plan you know perhaps perhaps give them some sort of a perspective and i know it sounds very idealistic but the reality is that i'm i'm open to solutions that that can possibly solve the issues that we are having because it may not just be the child alone too right it may be factors at home mm-hmm. i did spend some time teaching as well too so i have a little bit of an understanding in Trinidad for just a, a little bit uh, and i i know that sometimes you know students cannot learn because of the environment that they're in you know mommy mommy's a drunkard mm-hmm. and daddy beats mommy you know or 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 i remember having a student whose whose dad was shot murdered mm-hmm. like that's trauma and 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 yes and never get in the process that but still has to come to school get into process, but still have to come to school and do well right and right. expected to do well and and so i feel like yes we have a lot of guidance counselors now and i'm i'm really really happy that trainer has has really gone into that direction every school has a guidance counselor or at least is serviced from one um whether it might be but i think we could take a step further where we have preventative measures where we have workshops to now help them or we have programs or policies that would help to now you know introduce the 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 other side of the perspective what am i trying to say i'm trying to say to be more proactive than rather reactive right which i think i think is one of the issues here and yeah that's what i see and i think we really need to, to get into to fixing homes and and dealing with these people yeah. from from this yeah. smaller stage yeah um just in a in a recent podcast i did you know a guy was saying he was in a he was in sangri grandi mm-hmm. and a man was with his son and for whatever reason his son started to cry and the man told his son hey listen no nah, don't cry how you be a man if you cry mm-hmm. you know and that breaks my heart to yeah. be honest it really really breaks my heart i remember doing a father a father a fatherhood workshop um which was which is really really interesting and you know it was it was progressive because because in there i had i had you know a few fathers from a uh i would say disenfranchised neighborhood um because the the school was you know one of the schools that that that, that kids would not necessarily put as their first choice if mm-hmm. you know what i'm trying mm-hmm. to say um but but i loved how the administration was so progressive in having this type of workshop for the fathers you know and and it was amazing because we were able to i was able to help them to see a different perspective again that's the that's 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 what a coach does i created the framework for them to say well no like it's okay to show emotions because the reality is that if the emotions aren't you know processed a lot of times it becomes suppressed mm-hmm. and then when it's suppressed in a a high stress environment it becomes a trigger and then boom you have you have heinous crimes happening because why it's like a pressure cooker right naldo you you have all these emotions bottled up pressure cooking for years mm-hmm. for years and so i could i could say for for the work that i do it's it's soothing just to be able to put out on the water and really take a peek into what's inside and perhaps you know clean out and perhaps put what you really need to do so you can have a great meal I, or a fulfilling life i i could relate to that because mm-hmm. for me um i had a lot of emotions pent up when my dad died mm-hmm. and i was 8 years old mm-hmm. and I, to be totally honest back then you know boys or men do cry yeah so i remember Nonsense. going to the funeral yeah. and i 
keeping this yeah. mean face on and you're trying not yeah. to cry because eight years old, man, you're not yeah. crying. And I remember I cried those tears probably, probably I would say in my 20s, right? So, and having that pent up for a while. Now, that turned me into a monster, yeah. you know, in my yeah. teenage years. Yeah. So, but yeah. it's only after, you know, I lie down years after and I lay in my bed and I thought about my dad and whatnot and the tears ran then. Mm-hmm. But I could tell you even, so what happened was, okay, that happened when I was eight years old. I picked up the streak of fighting mm-hmm. and then I went into secondary school. Still fighting, and then my little cousin died. And in this way, she was the closest cousin to me. Because oh, I have a lot of little cousins, but for some reason, they just didn't take to me, right? Mm-hmm. But she took to me, and she died. I remember I went in school mm-hmm. that week, and I cut from her side. Mm-hmm. I beat people like their parents. Yeah. And probably worse. Yeah. But, um, and, you know, looking at it after, it was like, wait, wait. You know, obviously, then I was asked to not return to that school eventually, right? Because mm-hmm. I see him fighting and, and misbehavior. Mm-hmm. And now I'm in a, a WhatsApp group with some of those guys from that school. So I left that school in Form 3. Um, and, you know, I realized these fellas, because I've, I've obviously over the years, I've processed a lot of these things and mm-hmm. become a different person. These fellas don't really even know who I am now, if yeah, you understand. Who yeah. they knew me to be. Yeah, I was yeah. like, yeah. wow, you understand what I'm And saying? then what you have to do now is introduce to them the updated version of it. Right, and which, which I have, yeah. you know, and I mean, yeah. a lot of them are like, wow, you real change, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, my perspective on things obviously would be, hey, no, not violence. And, and they're like, you? Yeah. Not violent, yeah. you know? He was the most violent man we know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, and it just shows how important it is to process. And obviously, as I say, in becoming, no, I'm a person who eventually I started to go against the tide. As always a person to go against the tide, right? Mm-hmm. And what happened for me is that I started to process these things, like even bad relationships and stuff. I mm-hmm. decided, hey, you know, I go in and cry, you know? I go in and cry and get out. I go in and, and say if something hurt me, you know, they, and, and men will say, you gotta get over that or, or don't let people know that yeah. she hurt you so bad or whatever the case may be. Yeah. And it's until I started to process things for myself yeah. and get yeah. these things out, yeah. then I was able to be, yeah. you know, a much better person. We, we have such a dismissive culture in mm-hmm. the Caribbean. I, I mean, I don't know what it is. I, it, it's, I... I, I, you know, and I'm glad to have spent a chunk of time outside of the Caribbean because it has made me reflect on what we consider normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so a lot of dysfunctional things we call normal and a lot of functional things we consider abnormal. I remember one time I was in, in Guadeloupe, I think it was in the airport. And I remember this, this, this was this was like one of those memories that was etched into your mind. I saw a dad, what looked like a dad and a grown son kiss each other, you know? Um, and and the little French that I knew then, he was like, I love you, son. You know, have a great trip. And for me, I like flipped out <laughs> because in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, how odd. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and looking back at it now, I'll probably do the same thing with my grown son. And kiss him and tell him I love him. Because why? We have these, these social norms of, of what accept and, and norms in inverted commas here of acceptable behavior. 
And one of them obviously is, is that whole notion of men don't cry or men don't show emotions because it's, it's somehow considered feminine. Mm. I don't know who, I don't know. I don't know from who we learn this nonsense from, but the reality is that that purveying culture that has existed has resulted in so many criminals. Because why? You know, as a, as a coach, I have a method that I, I usually go through with my, my, my clients. Again, it's very forward focused. Um, and, and so, you know, it's the suppress, process, express method. And basically it is you identify these suppressed emotions so uh, an example would be, and, I'll, and let me let me just try it with you right now, Ronaldo. Mm-hmm. You know how it is that you might have felt when your dad passed away. What are the emotions that come to mind? So as it pertains to my dad passing away, I felt. Um, I honestly I felt lost. I, I, felt, I felt lost. I felt lost. Yeah. I felt um, I felt like my my life was derailed. I I yeah. didn't know what to do. I yeah. years old. Unimportant. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Felt like you have no purpose now. Purposeless. Yes. Yeah. And then and then two. You know, a dominant emotion would be I felt sad. Mm-hmm. The man that I knew to be my father, who took me for ice cream every Friday mm-hmm. night, has now died. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 so there's layers to what that would mean. I mean, that's going into stages of grief mm-hmm. and and you know. From the moment you said it, I was able to identify that part of the stage of grief is anger. Anger is one of those stages because because the person to whom you know you would have loved is no longer there, and that's a crisis, right? And so so having said that, and sort of asking you those questions, you begin to now identify those suppressed emotions, and you begin to now process it, right? And so you know, I go, I, I take my clients through a process of how do you do, how do that? You know, whether it might be through journaling, whether it might be through having a conversation, role play. I remember there was one time, you know, with a client, we did a role playing session and big hardback man just offloaded the emotions that he never expressed when he was younger at the death of his grandmothers who mothered him, right. you know? And then what is that going to do? It's going to, it's going to, because think of it as a bottle, right? Mm-hmm. You have all this dross inside of it. And when that dross is now removed, you have the capacity to now express, which is suppress, process, express, express the right emotions right. within or to now bring people into a, a good space to be able to express themselves, it does that, does yeah, that make, yeah, sense? make sense? And so I feel, I feel like we have a lot of people who are walking around with suppressed stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot. I'll give an example. My dad got into a life-altering accident. He pretty much lost the use of his legs. Um, which, if you know my dad, he's the most outgoing, charismatic guy you've ever met. And to now one day just be relegated to a wheelchair, that's, that's depressing. You know, along with the, all the other emotions. And, and so, you know, he has unfortunately never you know, been able to really professionally process some of those things that he might have gone through. And so our relationship was a bit embattled because I unfortunately was the container for a lot of that depression that mm. that he might have had. Of course, I'm more mature now. I'm older. I can now understand things. I can now reframe narratives. I can look at things. I can find out, you know, and so now it's in a way better position. But imagine that there are a lot of people who just lost the use of certain things or they, they would have lost stuff. And they're just walking around with that loss. Mm-hmm. And so and so the work that I do is to really help to bring them into that safe space to process with no judgment. No, you know, they don't have to feel like they have to put on a, a front or a mask. You can tell they, they got on a shoot. I felt broken when my girlfriend cheated on me, yeah. you know, or I felt to do X, Y, and Z, you know, or I felt betrayed when my job 
fired me and hired somebody of the same race. You know what I mean? Like these are these are legitimate feelings that people go through. My 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 only wish is that people are able to seek out the right help, um, the appropriate help to be able to process those things. No, I, I appreciate all that that mm-hmm. you're saying, mm-hmm. but can I um on a Obviously, it's the Alternative Perspectives podcast. Mm-hmm. So, Alternative Perspective here. Mm-hmm. And obviously, it's always good for someone to work on themselves. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Not taking that away. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also very important. Mm-hmm. Um, but what about the people mm-hmm. who, un- who sometimes pull the trigger for other people? The people who pressure these people. The reason I'm asking. Mm-hmm. And it's to come back to the situation of what's going on mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm in Trinidad and Tobago, mm-hmm. you know, with the violence against women and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you have a, a lot of men mm-hmm. who may not really know where they fall in this situation. Mm-hmm. They are not violent to, to, to any woman. I've mm-hmm. never really, right? Mm-hmm. I may have done some things that may not have been the best mm-hmm. because, and I think sometimes that's all part of growing up. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about anything extreme, right? Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, but then you have a whole society of people now a lot of people making it seem like all men are bad mm-hmm. and you have this person now feeling like mm-hmm. i mean i'm trying mm-hmm. but you'll you'll continue saying that we men are bad right you understand right. yeah so yeah yeah i now, understand i understand the perspective no as i say obviously if this person is strong and and have worked on themselves, they'll be okay. Right. But what about the person who had, they haven't reached that place as yet, or they, hasn't re- they haven't reached that, pl- that place as yet, sorry. And you have a lot of other things in society pressuring them. Mm-hmm. Should we mm-hmm. start addressing things in society mm-hmm. to, in, in other words, to let people know, hey, listen, there are some people mm-hmm. who need some time to work on some things mm-hmm. and or be more specific in when you're targeting or you're dealing with a particular issue. I, I, I don't know how we could word it um, and I'll tell you why I asked that mm-hmm. after. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, well, here's, here's, here's one major tenet, and I think I mentioned it before, Naldo. Uh, responsibility is a huge, you know, place to start. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't work with everyone. And the reason I don't work with everyone, because in my initial consultation, I have to make my processes protect me. I need to know that you are, one, capable of, of doing this process two you're willing mm-hmm. to put in the work and three you are you are ready to invest in yourself you're ready to 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 do what is necessary you're, you're, you're able to be open-minded yeah um and to confront some things yeah and i think one of the one of the the thing that is obviously lacking is that we don't take responsibility even the people who might trigger others they're, they're individuals and they have responsibility as well to to figure out well, what is triggering mm-hmm. them or why it would push them. Unfortunately, and this it breaks my heart every time. We we know that people are doing wrong stuff, but we don't confront them, and we don't pull up their socks and say, "Hey, what are you really doing?" Well, because I think because I think there's a lack of values. And and, and hear me out. Hear me mm-hmm. out. You know, I, 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 this, my mother and I had this conversation, you know, the people who were charged with Andrea Barrett's murder, the, the, the young man and his, his yes. common law wife, mm-hmm. right? There's a part of me that, that, that asked the question on her part, because she was charged with receiving stolen goods. Mm-hmm. Would you not ask where you would have gotten this from? How would you have obtained that? Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's a measure of 
responsibility here. You know what I mean? Of course, she was complicit because she received the, the, the stuff. But I also have a thing now. Does your family know what you're doing? Mm-hmm. How are they now keeping you accountable? Where's the ownership in in in, in 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 that regard as well too? I think that that is very easy. That's an easy conversation, an easy question to ask. Mm-hmm. If you don't know what the lifestyle is in those places, correct? Because I, I could tell you, mm. it have mothers mm. that is get licks from their sons. Yeah, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, they are they are fathers who who live in fear of their children as well. Yeah, right. Correct. Um. And even, let's just say, as you know, a lot of people on social media are saying, if you have a bridging, whoever, you know somebody who's doing wrong, and you know, you don't tell them anything, you're part of the problem. Sometimes, I am not really close friends with that person, but I'm afraid to probably distance myself, or I've known this person from childhood coming up. Uh-huh. You understand what I'm saying? And I, I tell you, I know somebody who grew up in a, in a troubled area. And he, he tells me, he said, listen, the reason I keep in touch with these fellas is because if anything ever goes wrong mm-hmm. and they realize I was distant, I do what them feel that like I was the one mm-hmm. that sell them out mm-hmm. or put them up, as they would say. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? I do. So I, I understand what you're saying. So for him, mm-hmm. somebody might say, but they just do wrong and you're not calling them out. But he's living in fear now. Yeah. You understand yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. a real problem. I think so. I think I understand what you're saying. I think there also needs to be, because, you know, in discussion of manhood, that we, we spoke about the responsibility aspect, right? Mm-hmm. One of the things that I am responsible for is my neighborhood. A lot of people don't think this way, but if I see somebody who I don't usually see and they're going somewhere, it's my responsibility because I was made aware of it to alert the necessary persons that are responsible. And I feel that's the piece that I think, especially Trinidad and Tobago is lacking. They're lacking that brother's keeper mentality, because everybody have, have, have gotten into the... Well, I would just do my own thing on my own way. But people, I think people do it now because they have gotten burnt. Which is a whole other issue right. in, it, in itself. Because maybe there may be some unresolved and unprocessed things that they perhaps need to take into consideration. But again, I, I think assuming responsibility and taking up responsibility is one of the most poignant ways that, that, that we can solve this issue. You gotta take responsibility. Like that taxi driver that I mentioned earlier, who took responsibility by not endangering the life of that female passenger. He took responsibility. Mm. As much as he was, you know, all caught up like a woman is getting, I had to remind him that he took responsibility. You need to give yourself some credit for doing so. He made the decision not to take her up Cora and sexually assault her. He made a decision to I drive think back. I, I think I kind of weird to say though. No, man. You, 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 you got to look at it in that perspective uh, as well. No, I understand. I understand your perspective. Mm-hmm. But uh, the, the average person, who, do, who that was never a thought for them. Mm-hmm. They, I, I just do the right thing. I, 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 I don't think I, they would see that. I don't think I have to make an effort to do the right thing. If you understand what I'm saying. Well, I don't have to well, think about well, the right in thing. in some just... cases, you have to make an effort <laughs> to be the right thing. And, you know, I'm glad that I was there to reiterate to him and to, to almost reassure him that he did the right thing. Mm-hmm. Although it wasn't his intention to go sexually assault this, this this female. Now, don't get me wrong. In addition to, and I feel like that's part of the... the and, and maybe this is where you're kind of going. Yes, there's also a responsibility that that female should have taken as well too, to ensure that she at least knows but I, her I would, location. No, I wouldn't say that because at the end of the day, that's what we do at the end of the yeah. day. If I'm going for a job interview, I yeah. don't know where the place is until I yeah. start to work there. We're, we're trusting. Yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. So I, I come, you're a taxi man. Yeah. I, I sit down in a taxi and yeah. I expect 
expect you to, to I was told where to go. Right, right. So I'm trusting that you And yeah. and I, I think that is where the debate comes, you know, PH and H, right? Because right. at the end of the day, if I sit down in a in a H car or yeah. I sit down in a TTRS, so yeah. one of them, I know that somebody would have done some level of background check right. on this person and make sure that this person Right. Right? Yeah. Is somewhat trustworthy because I mean people could yeah. flip. Yeah. Like like a switch. Mm-hmm. But that is where I think that that comes in. So when this person sits in this taxi, yeah, they could trust that. Hey, listen, I want to go here, and okay, he might have had some lapse in thinking and yeah. forget the person, yeah. stop or whatever the case may be. Yeah. But the point I was making is that, and I understand what you're saying, we're taking responsibility. But some people they don't even see that's having to take responsibility because that is just how they are. They are good people. Right. I, that's never my intention. That's never even yeah. my thought. I understand also you giving him the, the, the praise or, you know, yeah. which could now probably change his perspective and Perhaps he could, right. Yeah. And he could probably carry yeah. this forward now to, to other right. people and That's say, right. but yeah, bro. Can I, can I say two things here? Two mm-hmm. things that are coming to mind. My wife is such a wise woman. You know, she says, Brendan, you know, she, she, she picks at me. Yeah. Cause she's like, oh, you have such a pure heart, blah, blah, blah. You know, she, she does as well. But but she's been through so many different life experiences that have now taught her to to, to see the other perspective, right? Mm-hmm. So she will say, you know, you, you see the good in people's heart, but she says you have to be mature and see the evil as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one, you know, and I, and I feel like I feel like that's 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 important to 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 note there. But I think the other underlying factor that perhaps we need to take into consideration is something called smart trust. Smart trust is that my ability to trust a person or system or structure would only increase when I've been able to see um, there being a sort of reciprocal right. nature mm-hmm. in, in it. So my smart trust will build when I've seen that you've placed action to, 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 or response to, to something that I would have said or done. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And I feel maybe that's one of the issues that are, are very much lacking. We're lacking in smart trust. We, we don't trust our, our leaders because we know that they will say one thing and then do another, do another. Some, 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 some people in marriages don't trust their spouses because you, you, you claim to, to do this, but then you're doing X, Y, and Z. And, and really and truly what it comes down to Naldo here is, is, is really a conversation about values. Mm-hmm. What it is that you, you really value. And, and if you value that thing, then your life is going to be based around it. Right. So if I value, you know, I, I don't know, something as simple as, I, I, I don't know, unity, mm-hmm. right? You're going to do whatever is necessary to ensure that there is unity, right? If you value um, health, you know, you, you will live a particular lifestyle. I think, I think having a conversation about really fine-tuning those values need to be had. And from a young age as well, too. You know, just as I had mentioned with my nephew, hey, you know, your work ethic is a value that I want him to, to espouse from a young age because he wants to be a, a cartoonist. He, you know, and I said to him, when you're going to these big companies, and you, you wouldn't give them a, a, you know, a, a bunch of chicken scratch. Mm-hmm. You'll give them something that's presentable, right? And so learn those, those, those values from now so that you can perhaps use them. In. And obviously, I think that's where a lot of the problem, we don't have a lot of men and I'm this I'm, I'm giving the flag for the men here. We don't have a lot of men who don't take responsibility for inculcating those values into our children. And so therefore you have a bunch of boys that are that are that are running around without those values, without the knowledge of how to do it, unless unless you know you 
you you have that wherewithal within yourself to find the right people to connect to 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 get those values. To be fair, to uh-huh. be a lot of these men, not any homes. Well, that's so, the point. Yeah, I know. I know. So yeah, that's the point of what I'm and, saying. But the thing is, we need to find a way. Yeah. Because we can't expect them to to do it. Because we have to find a way excluding them. Right. Obviously, we need to find a way to get them to stay in the homes. Right. Or to go back to the homes. Right. But in the meantime, yeah. you know, we can't, we had to find a way to, bec- yeah. and I mean, I know it's probably going for a while, so we should have <laughs> to wrap up. But as you're talking about this, mm-hmm. um, a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. I went to a, a little birthday party mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and a young boy. He got a party bag? <laughs> <laughs> yes, actually. <laughs> and a young boy, he was about nine years old. And he had a, a, a great amount of resentment for females. Mm, at nine. At nine. Wow. And the reason he had this resentment is because he is saying that women could do what they want and get away. Mm. But men, we always get in trouble. Or boys, we always get in trouble. Wow. So he, what he is saying is a girl could lash me mm-hmm. and nobody wouldn't do anything. But mm-hmm. if I lash her back, I will get in trouble or the police who want to lock me up. Mm-hmm. You understand? Mm-hmm. And he was he was furious. At right? nine, wow. He was furious. Yeah. And, I mean, I, honestly, I wasn't prepared to do that. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, I tried I, I, mm-hmm. because that is how I am. I would always try as much as I can. Mm-hmm. But I was not prepared to do that with a nine-year-old. I could probably talk to somebody bigger. Right. right? I could deal with my nine-year-old. Right. Yeah. Right? Because I know how she's brought up and what she's exposed to. But mm-hmm. a, a nine-year-old boy who... I mean, I don't know his parenting structure too well. He has both parents. Um, but do you think that, that, you know, even those things put pressure on, on men? And, and it's the same thing I saw about just now. With a lot of times, mm-hmm. boys are under pressure, which sometimes, boys and men, which sometimes make them build resentment towards women. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? I do. I, I, I understand what you're saying. Um, my perspective in it is, you know, okay, one of the things that I, I, I live by and, and I value is mentorship. I think that mentorship is is important. You look at the most successful people in the world, based on whatever standard you have, they've been mentored, they've been mm-hmm. coached, they've, they've had advisors, they've had trusted people to whom can now pull out the best in them. And I feel, I feel, I feel that's a huge part to play in it. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, I understand the resentment that that some boys or men may feel because they think women have the extra, you know, added, uh, I don't know, whatever factor in there. But the reality is that, again, it goes back to my definition of man, which is to take responsibility. We've got a responsibility as as men, as leaders to protect, um, to to have those right skills or behaviors or mindsets to change situations. You know, I mean, I, I don't want to get into like too much of it. I mean, it, maybe I could just say this because um, there's this book that I that I read that that put it in such a great way. A man has a penis. Mm-hmm. A man penetrates. A woman has a vagina. She receives. And so as a man, perhaps in just in our genetic, in our biological makeup, there is an essence to the purpose of why he exists, which is to to embed and which is to um, give life to by by through that penetration and so perhaps you know it would be very interesting to to find out who are the male voices that are 
uh, transitioning that boy into a man. You know, what are they saying to him if they're even there? You know, who is he hearing those things from? Because again, you're it's you're either taught or it's caught. Right. You know. Um, so, so it would be very interesting to have a conversation to help to reframe those narratives. So it's not that a woman, and because women have to go through things as well too. Like, like, but yeah, I, yeah, no, you I have to look at it in different yeah, perspectives. I should well. explain that to him. But yeah, I mean, know, obviously he's nine. <laughs> a, a woman carries a child for nine months. Mm. Men don't do that. You know, women, women have to go through the oh, pain. No, I told him that, right? <laughs> <laughs> and he said, but they just got to stay home. They got to stay home, <laughs> right? right? Like, when you have <laughs> to make guys. the baby, right? Yeah, so, yeah, poor so, guys. So he's like. But he just got to stay home. I say, yeah, but but in his in his in his defense as well too. I understand the, what the mindset of where he's coming from because I mean, let's just be honest. Maternity leave in Trinidad is what four months? Three, three months. Three, yeah, nonsense. Three months. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, coming from the Canadian society, it's an entire year. Right. That you get, you know, and and you know, there is a disparity between. Come on, let's just go there. Mm-hmm. Maternity and paternity. Yeah, exactly. Right? There's a disparity. And so these are great conversations that we can now, you know, have with our 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 young boys that, hey, you know, you know, we gotta do what we gotta do. And and maybe that's that's all I'm really kind of just pushing for. We gotta take responsibility for what we have to do. And maybe there's a a, a a whole crop of people who aren't taking responsibility, and that's why maybe there's a breakdown. There's a breakdown because people are not People are not actively performing their roles. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so the reality is that there's something that's broken that we need to fix. And I think that coaching is one of the things that I have dedicated my life to help use as a tool to fix. If if that's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I totally understand. Yeah. yeah. So, Brennan, we, we have been going for a while. <laughs> so, um, of course... It's the doors are always open for you yes, to come sir. anytime and discuss anything. Yeah. Um, I definitely would definitely like to discuss this feminism. And yeah. Yeah, as you say, you're a feminist. I am. And I, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, and and and, and not not to not to make it. Let's just take the the um the bells and whistles out of it. A feminist is somebody who just believes in 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 you know female empowerment. So I think that there are different spectrums of feminism. All right, all right. Yeah. So so just to make that very clear, there are different um, subsections of feminism. I am of not of the radical um, feminist train of thought, but I do believe that women should be empowered. I do believe that it's a man's role to. Um, be an ally in that support because the reality is there's there's yin and yang there's male and female there's a togetherness that needs to come to you know into play for there to be harmony and so i am just one of those men who strongly believe that that we should do all we can to make sure that our women are protected provided for partnered with that's 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 all that's all the the, the extent of my feminism but in, in turn how do you think you think that there's some degree of of um, unbalance, imbalance, in, imbalance, imbalance. Absolutely, sorry. absolutely. For men, no? absolutely. Serious. Yes, yes, yes. Look at this in this way. I would say one chore, and you tell me automatically mm. with the with thinking of the psyche of an average Trinidadian, who's responsible for it? Cooking. Well, I guess they would say women taking all the garbage. Men. I, I'm not. I'm talking about what people, the average people think. Which right? is my point, right? No, because he, he, and uh, my brain is so disgusting, <laughs> right? right? Because from the time I say cooking, uh-huh. I would say well, one, it doesn't matter, but two, some of the greatest chefs in the world are men. Uh-huh. So the cat in my woman is the cook, right? It's some of the greatest chefs in the world, right? Are men, yeah, right? Yeah. And then in my house, yeah. I cook. 
Yeah. In, in me my, too. In my house. Yeah, me too. Whoever pick up the garbage and put it out, put it out. Right. No, we don't have big garbage bags, obviously, right? right? right so right. small, right. a little family, yeah. right? Whoever picks up the garbage and put it out, put it out. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? So, I mean, probably I, I have a lot of learning to do yeah. because the way I see things, I mean, I also think in Trinidad, I think there are a lot of powerful women in Trinidad and Tobago. I think... I definitely agree. And I love to see it. And I'm not threatened by it. Neither am you, I. You, well, therefore, we're in the same crop. So maybe you are more feminist than you think you are. No, but, 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 but the reality is that there are a lot of men who are insecure because they see how women are rising to power or are being very powerful in certain things. Listen, I mean, this is just everything aside. I'm attracted to my wife because of how powerful she is. I love the fact that she could command her space. She could she could command her actions. I am not threatened by it at all. And in fact, I love it. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Whereas there may be some men who would, would want to feel a particular type of way when they see a woman in a power suit and, and some high heels right. making big decisions. You understand what I'm saying? But I, I think just like Mia Motley, I can think of her as an excellent example of a female leader. You know, she she said in one of her speeches that I, I absolutely acquiesced it. Uh, you know, she, says, she said that as a woman, you have an extra added advantage because sometimes women are mothers. And so they have a, 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 a side to, to seeing a perspective that is unique. And I value that. And, and I, I would love to see more men who value that and, and who don't feel threatened by it and who can now harmoniously do things, you know, to, 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 to yeah, just to make lives better. I, 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 think, I think you have opened my mind a bit. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, I'm going to do some, I'm going to definitely yeah, do some, some thinking. Um, yeah. As I said, I was never against it. Yeah. But I think... Uh, the the part of men who who are uncomfortable with it, insecure men, yeah. I think sometimes I forget they exist. Yeah, and and and, and I do apologize for that. Good, right? Yeah, I, <laughs> good. I, <laughs> you know, because I am not like that. Um, right. And I don't think a lot of the people I'm around are like that either. In your sphere of yeah. influence, listen. The reality is, and I've seen this from in different ways, is I've, 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 I've traveled extensively around the world. So, so I, I, I've seen it in different cultures as well, too, where there's an embedded, sometimes very cultural, uh, dictated mindset that women ought to X, Y, Z. Men ought to X, Y, Z. And, you know, my thing is, who cares? <laughs> You know what I mean? Why can't we? Why can't we reframe that narrative and say, "Hey, whatever you're strong at, that's what you, you can do. probably take or the role mm-hmm. on." Mm-hmm. And that's that's the the liberal sort of mindset my wife and I have in our household. Whatever you're you're functional and great at, why not kill it in in mm-hmm. that respect, right? So, yeah, it's it's all about reframing the narratives. It's all about looking at the other perspectives and and seeing what can what can possibly you know work well. Nice. You know? So. Brendan, yes. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you for spending this time with us. Yeah, man. And guys, remember if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, feel free to hit the five star rating and leave a review and share this around with your friends. So, Brendan, thanks again, Brendan. You're most welcome. Um, do you want to leave a phone number for people to contact yes, you? Yes, for sure. I can give you my my contacts. So, um, my 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 business line is two six two six five zero five six two. Um, I'm also on Instagram, on Facebook, Best Fit Consult. Um, on Instagram, Best Fit Consultancy on, on Facebook. And um, the website is supposed to be launched actually very soon, so I can actually give the handle. Maybe people can actually use it. Bestfitconsultancy.com. Nice. So, sweet. 
Thanks for, thanks for being here again. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, man, great. Awesome. Still the next one. Well, see you guys or hear you guys <laughs> or you hear me very soon again. Bye.